Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us, and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Well, good morning, Celebration. How's everyone doing? Anybody excited to be in the house of the Lord again? Amen and amen. Well, we're going to continue in our series Love Languages today, and I'm excited uh, to get to you the message. And uh, today is going to be fun. It's going to be different. Uh, I love preaching. I also love teaching. Today will be more teaching because I believe that uh, we all have some learning and growing to do in love. So how many of you got your Bibles today? I want to share with you for a moment from the subject endless love. I was in the back listening to some Diana Ross and Lionel Richie and just just refreshing my mind on endless love. And, you know, in order for us to uh, live out this life the way God intends for us to live out this life, how many of you know you got to have some healthy relationships? As a matter of fact, the currency of life our relationships. And so we want to make sure that we're doing everything we can to make sure each relationship that we have, whether we are married, whether we're single, whether we have friends, whether we are parents and have kids, every single relationship that we have is as healthy as it could be. And so I want you to turn your attention to Jeremiah chapter 31. We're going to begin uh, reading the B portion of verse 3. I'm going to start off with the NIV version and then I'll read the message version and then will pray. It says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. The message version says, I've never quit loving you and I never will. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that encouraging? God looks at you. He looks at your life. He looks at your ups. He looks at your downs and he says, I have never stopped loving you and I never will. There's another scripture in the Bible that says that there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Is there anyone grateful for that in here this morning? And so let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that you love us. You love us so much, God, that you sent your son Jesus for us. And so, God, today we look at your words and we desire to grow from them. We desire to learn from them. We desire to glean from them everything that you have in store for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. In order for us to really understand love and in order for us to really understand relationships, we need to really look at four foundational truths, four truths that I have written down, four truths that I've taken uh, note of over the last 16 years, pastoring people, sitting in countless premarital, marital uh, sessions and leading people through relationships. And uh, I've jotted down a few things, and this is for you if you're married, this is for you if you're single, uh, this is for you if, if you are uh, working with coworkers, if you are an entrepreneur, if you're talking to your in-laws, if you're talking to your outlaws, this is for you. <laughs> I believe that we can all do a better job understanding the dynamics of our relationships based upon what they are grounded in and, and based upon the foundation of them. I'm reminded uh, when I was in Las Vegas last year speaking at a conference there and my host was driving me around and we're driving around the city and I, I admire the buildings and the hotels and, and just the, the, the large scale of the unique vision in one city. 
Some cities, uh, you know, they don't have as many people in it as one hotel does. As a matter of fact, in Las Vegas, one hotel, the city center, has more employees than the whole city that I grew up in. Uh, the city center employs about 12,000 people. The city of Creedmoor has a population of about 5,000 people. A hotel has more employees than my whole city. Uh, that's encouraging to me. And so I love Las Vegas. I, I love looking at the buildings. I love looking at the vision that was started by really three entrepreneurs that saw a desert but saw potential. And I've been passing this particular hotel that they've been building for the last two years, and I've noticed something, that they are taking a long time with the foundation. They're taking a long time with the foundation. The hotel, when they finish it, will be massive, but they take the most time laying the foundation. They understand that if the foundation of this is not right, it doesn't matter what color the paint is. It doesn't matter what color the glass is. It doesn't matter what color paintings you have in it. If the foundation is not right, it doesn't matter what the aesthetics of the hotel is. And I, I find often when I talk to people, they skip past the foundations of relationship and they go directly to the aesthetics. Hey, have you ever talked to somebody and you say, hey, what, what is he like? And they say, girl, he's six feet. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you, his eyes are blue. He's athletic, he works out. He's in the gym eight days a week. <laughs> and you're like, no, no, but what is he like? Let me tell you, he got a beard, oh my God. <laughs> you're talking to your boy, you're like, what, what, what is she like? Man, she can cook. I'm telling you, she, she fixed me something I ain't never had before. She can burn, I mean, she can really throw down in the kitchen, but what is she like? Let me tell you something, man. When you see how long her hair is, <laughs> and you see how it accentuates her eyes, and you're like, that's all great, but what is she like? What is he like? And the only thing sometimes people get hung on is the aesthetics, and they blow past the foundation of who someone really is. If we're not careful, we'll begin to fall in love with the personality of a person rather than the character of a person. We'll put more investment into what we see on the outside versus what we see on the inside. Do you know every test that you go through in life will be a test of what you saw on the inside? That there's never a person that's in the gym that's in the gym because they know that gym workout is gonna test their character. No, they're in there because they desire to develop what people see. But I believe in this year, 2020, it's gonna be pivotal for us to develop what people can't see so that when our character and our integrity is tested, we can stand the test of time through the word of God. We gotta lay a solid foundation. It doesn't matter what they look like if their insides is terrible. Can I get a good amen on that? You're like, well, pastor, it does matter what they look like. <laughs> it don't matter. You, you, can, you can run into the most attractive person until they open their mouth. Oh, man, you, you ever met somebody, they just talk about how good they look? It's like singing your own birthday song, ain't it? It's terrible. It's a terrible thing. It's a terrible thing. You know, this is what I believe. I believe that every man, every woman has both a king and a queen and a fool on the inside of them. 
the one you address is the one that will respond. Oh, come on, somebody. You invest in that fool in your husband, you will get a fool that responds to you. You call the king out of him, guess what you go get? You'll get a king that responds to you. You invest in the fool in that woman, I'm telling you, she gonna go slam crazy on you. You call the queen out of her, guess who you're gonna get? You'll get a queen. And so today, I just wanna help us understand the dynamics of relationships through love, through love. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Point number one, real love extends grace. Real love extends grace. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're gonna read verse seven. The GW Virgin says, love never stops being patient. Love never stops being patient. We could all use more patience. We could all use more patience. All of us could use more patience. If we're gonna understand what point number one is, we have to learn how to communicate to each other. Communication is so key because oftentimes we communicate to people the way we desire to receive communication. Let me help you out. The way women communicate is completely different than the way men communicate. I was raised with four women. I stay with one right now, and we communicate differently. I'm telling you, we communicate completely differently. I'm going to help all of us out today. We're going to break down the different levels of communication. If you can learn how to communicate to your spouse or to the person that you're dating or to your coworker who is of the opposite sex, you can get a lot of things done. I'm telling you. If you're communicating to them the way you want to receive communication, nine times out of 10, you're going to be frustrated, they're going to be frustrated, and y'all going to be arguing a whole lot. I have this rule. Uh, I don't argue. Me and my wife don't argue. She may be arguing at me, but I won't argue back. It's the truth. She'll tell you. When she gets up here, she'll tell you, I won't argue. If we can't talk about it, then it ain't nothing to talk about. Ain't nothing to talk about. Hey, let's talk about it. When cooler heads prevail. Ain't nothing to argue about. We can talk. I read, I read the Bible. I read it all the way through, like halfway. Um, <laughs> not once in that it says, God say, argue with people, argue with your spouse, holler at them, just holler until they hear you. <laughs> I know I tell y'all all the time, holler at your boy, but I'm not speaking about your spouse. <laughs> right, if you cannot talk about it, then maybe you need to understand how to communicate better to your spouse. Ladies, let me help you out. A man's mind, a man's mind is like a mall, okay? Just like a mall. They got stores, they are compartmentalized. He go think about one thing at a time, and that's all. That's it. That's, that's what he thinking about, okay? Like them all, there are bigger department stores than there are most stores. And so sometimes he'll be thinking about something that's bigger than the last thing he thought about. But for the most part, in this mall, it's filled with hallways, and oftentimes your husband will tell you he's not thinking about nothing. <laughs> and you think he's lying. <laughs> and the truth is, he's not lying at all. He's not thinking about nothing. God has graced us with the ability to be in deep thought thinking about nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. 
Come on, brothers, help me out. Am I telling the truth? You ain't thinking about nothing. You sitting there in deep thought, your wife say, what you thinking about? Nothing. You lying. You, you are, I'm not thinking about nothing. Why you look so concerned? I don't know. <laughs> Women, you ever been talking to your husband and you ask him a question and he say, huh? <laughs> what you think about that, huh? You not listening to me? I was listening, but I was thinking about something. What you think about? Nothing. I'm helping you out. You got to understand. We go think about one thing at a time. Don't try to hit us with a bunch of things at one time and get an answer about something that we not thinking about. Not going to get an answer. You know what you're going to get? Let me think about it. Come on, somebody. Come on. Hey, hey. That's where you need to holler at your boy. Come on. Am I helping you out? All right, man. Let me help you out. A woman's mind is completely different. A woman's mind is like Costco. Everything you need in one thought process. She gonna tell you about everything. She gonna intertwine multiple stories in one. You gonna ask a question about where you think she started and she like, I didn't moved on from that about 30 minutes ago. Oh, a woman's mind is like a ball of yarn. You pull one string, the whole thing unravels. She gonna unload on you everything that she been thinking about for the last 10 years. That's why women don't never forget nothing because each and every thought is tied to an emotion. You can be driving in your car, y'all get lost. She reminds you when you got lost 15 years ago, what y'all was listening to on the radio, how the car broke down, what you told her when the car broke down, you're like, I don't remember what I ate for lunch yesterday. Because every woman has the ability to think about everything all at once. She could be in the kitchen cooking, watching TV, doing the kids' homework at the same time, and you can't even get your shoes tied without thinking, how in the world am I tying this shoe? <laughs> Women are gifted and anointed in the craft of multitasking and multi-thinking all at the same time. Come on, ladies. But this is where it gets confusing, okay? You start to think that he understands how you think. And you start to think that she understands how you think, and you don't. And you assume. They should know by now. We've been married 20 years. You ever meet somebody, you ask them, how long you been married? They'd say 40 years, and people applaud. People go crazy. They've been married 40 years. In his mind, he like, yeah, but only two of them been good. <laughs> and sometimes, if you're not careful, you'll find yourself just enduring the time until time is no more. And you don't want to live that type of life. You don't want to endure relationships. You don't want to endure friendships. You don't want to endure just family. You want to enjoy the people that God has placed in your life. And in order to do that, we have to understand how to communicate the love language that the people in our lives desire to receive. 
I'm telling you. You talk to a man, it's like turning on a light switch. On, off. <laughs> on, off. That's it. You talk to a woman, it's like going in a circuit breaker room. You got to figure out everything. You got, what, what is this going to? What panel did that cut on the, did that cut on the microwave? You got to figure out everything. You come home from work, man. She asks you, how was your day? You were satisfied and at peace with one response. It was good. You go on about your business. She walking behind you. Well, what did you do? Who did you talk to? What emails did you get? Who did you talk to the phone with? Did you remember to pick up the groceries? Did you remember, did you remember, did, and you're like, Lord have mercy Jesus, I just wanna go sit on my couch and get in deep thought about nothing. Oh, we gonna get freed up in here today. True deliverance is in the house. The worst thing you can do, listen to me, is stand in front of a man at a basketball game talking about nothing. He not listening to you. Did you remember to empty the trash? He ain't heard a thing. Huh? Did you remember it? Huh? Did you? He ain't even looking at you. He looking through you at the basketball game. <laughs> Let me help you out. Anything you want done, compliment him on how he did it last. Y'all heard the sandwich effect, right? Follow it. Get what you need. It's a sandwich effect. Start off with a positive. Hey, baby, you look good today. You look real good. Your sock's dirty. But you look real good. You see what I just did right there? I just complimented you, told you what you need to change, but I picked you back up at the end. He feeling good about himself. He don't mind going to change his socks. If you ride a man about his socks, he ain't gonna change them. He go wear them just to spite you. And when he get in church, he go take his shoes off so everybody else can see what you got to deal with on a regular basis. Gentlemen, you want your wife to respond to you the right way. Love her, encourage her, build her up, motivate her, and then say, love, what do you need today? You've been cooking all week long. What can I cook for you? We know the menu is short, but at least offer. <laughs> it may be a bologna sandwich. You cook the best bologna sandwich you ever cooked in your life. You bring in that bologna sandwich and say, love, you know what I could really use this week? Them dirty socks wash. <laughs> How can I serve you? Do you know what marriage is? Let me break it all the way down to you. Marriage is identifying the person you don't mind making sacrifice for for the rest of your life. Yeah. Hear me, single people, hear me. If you don't have that person, don't get married. Don't get married. If you're looking for happiness in someone, don't get married. Don't do it. Let me help you out, single ladies. Most men look, few men listen. Don't be deceived, okay? Let me help you out, brothers. If she does not listen to your heart, she won't respect or honor you in your future. 
If you have not found the person that you don't mind laying your life down for for the rest of your life, do not get married. If you're in here today, you're like, man, it's been 13 years past when I should have heard this message, Pastor. <laughs> I'm telling you, you can renew the love that God intended for you to start with. But in order for you to do that, you have to understand that real love extends grace. The Word of God teaches us that His grace is sufficient for us. If His grace is sufficient for you and for, 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 for me, then we should extend the same grace that God gives to us so freely to the people that we are in relationship with. Isn't it amazing that we judge people based off of what they do, but we judge ourselves based off what we intended to do? Ain't that crazy? I, I didn't mean to say it, but I said it. I forgive myself, you should too. I, I didn't mean it like that. Go ahead, forgive me. I didn't already forgave myself. But the moment someone else does something, we hold them to the standard of being Jesus Jr. We, we, we should never hold people in our lives to the standard of being who we are not. We don't hold ourselves to that standard. Why do we hold other people in our lives to that standard? If we held our standard to the level that we hold other people, most of us wouldn't even talk to ourselves. We'd be so bitter, we'd be so frustrated, we'd be so angry with ourselves, we couldn't live with ourselves. But we don't mind forgiving ourselves. I didn't mean it. God, you understand my heart? That just slipped out. How many of you ever said that before? Where did that, you ever sinned so bad, you wonder where that came from? Where'd that come from? I didn't even know that was in there. I didn't mean it. God, you know my heart. But this is what the Word of God teaches us. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You have to be careful of what you sow into your heart because if it stays in your mind long enough, it will seep into your heart. Real love extends grace. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 7. The message translation says, real love puts up with anything. He keeps throwing the clothes on the floor instead of putting them in a dirty clothes hamper. Real love is extending grace towards him. She keeps talking about stuff that really don't make a difference or matter to you in the long run, but real love extends grace. The NCV version of this says, real love patiently accepts. The NJB version says, real love is always ready to make allowances. When should be, excuse me, when should grace be implemented? When you see flaws in other people, right? When should grace be implemented? When should you extend grace? When you see flaws in other people. Once again, no one lives to the standard of Jesus. So we shouldn't hold people to that standard in our lives. You are sin prone. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to fumble your words. You're going to say something you didn't mean. Extend grace to other people when they do that in your life. Everybody got that one sibling that get on your nerves. Got that one cousin that's crazy. You know he's crazy. He's always been crazy. Go be crazy for the rest of your life. Extend grace to him. Some of you have been avoiding family reunions because you ain't want to see that one person. Go to your family reunion. Some of you avoid going to work, going past a certain cubicle because of that one coworker. 
No, no, go out of your way to love on them and show them the love of Jesus Christ because real love extends grace. Number two, number two. Real love expresses faith. Real love expresses faith. The B portion of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 7 says, love never stops believing. Love never stops believing. This is so important because a lot of times we don't feel like doing what it is that we know we should be doing. But thank God we don't operate off of our feelings. Right? If you're in a relationship because you feel like being in a relationship, at some point in time, you're not going to feel like it. Right? That, that person is not going to always make you happy. As a matter of fact, you won't always like that person. But God called you to love that person. Real love, it operates off faith. It operates off something more than what we see. It operates off something more than what we feel. Guess what? Your feelings are fleeting and they will lead you down the wrong path. If your love is not rooted and grounded through faith, then your love will be uh, 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 like the storms that blow the trees. It will be blown back and forth. But when you have your love rooted and grounded in faith, it's consistent through time, no matter how you feel, no matter what's going on, it doesn't matter what you see, all that matters is what God said. And when you can have your love rooted in the promises of God, it does not matter what you see. You know what God said to you. What is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, according to Hebrews chapter 11. And so oftentimes, in order for our faith to be activated, it takes us believing in what we can't see. Some of you have a hard time loving people that are in your life that you know God has placed in your life to receive your love because of how you feel. But the reality is it does not matter how you feel. God has called you to impact and impart wisdom into your children. Some of you have not talked to your children. And you're like, I don't even know how to communicate to them no more. Listen, go in that laundry basket of a room, push the door open, Sit down, have a conversation with your kids. Because regardless of how you feel, regardless of the gap of time that's going between you talking to them, they still have parents and you still have kids. They deserve the love that you have through faith. And learn the language that they speak. I talked to my brother, he's 20 years old. He like my son. I say, hey man, what you listening to? And I'm listening to this particular artist. So I said, play it. He put it on. It's like a foreign language. I say, man, you got to interpret that for me. What they, what they saying? He's <laughs> saying this. I mean, it, it, it's like a master's level of interpretation. I'm like, how do you know that? But you can't tell me what Psalms chapter 18 is. Never mind. All right. <laughs> but I'm intentional about learning how to communicate with him. Because if I don't communicate with him, someone will. If I don't communicate to the people in my life who I should be intentional about communicating with, someone will. And if we're not careful, our voices will be replaced with people who don't mean well to the people that we love. And so real love is rooted and grounded in faith. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 7, the NIV translation says, real love always trusts. The NLT version says, real love never loses faith. Love and trust go hand in hand. You say, well, PT, my kids have broken my trust. I 
trusted them. They've let me down time and time again. My spouse has broken my trust. My coworkers have broken my trust. What do I do when I can't trust them? And I would encourage you to trust God. God says, I'll never leave you, nor will I forsake you. That, that, that scripture means he's been consistent in your life since the beginning of your life, and he'll be consistent until the end of your life. If you can't trust the people that God has placed in your life, then you can trust God. Guess what? We can't control them, but we can pray to the one that can. You can't change your spouse, but you can pray to the one that can. I talk to people all the time. I'm going to change him. I'm going to bring him to church. He a good man. I'm going to change. Girl, you can't change him. Man, you can't change her, but God can. And you sink your faith in him. Watch what God does to their heart. You know what I've always noticed? When I got a problem with someone else and I pray to God about someone else, God always redirects the prayer back to me. God, I don't like the way they did that. God says, but what are you doing? That ain't, that ain't what I said, God. I said, <laughs> them, Lord, them. He's saying, yeah, but what about you? What about you? And every time you go to God, because someone else did something, God always redirects it back to this is what you have to do. This is what I've come to learn. You can't determine how you get wounded, but you can determine how you heal. And if you can sink your faith and your hope in Jesus Christ, he'll show you what you can do to become more like him. I'm telling you, it works every single time. We are in, in a marriage, two people trying to become one, and it takes a lifetime to do that because you're different. You think different. Your mindsets are different. You come from two different backgrounds, two different walks of life. Thank God for your difference. It's the enemy that elevates your difference as a negative, but God elevates your difference as a positive. So admire each other's differences and figure out how you can accomplish what it is that God has called you to accomplish together. Don't work against each other, work together. I'm telling you, sometimes just choosing where you wanna go eat is like a full-on battle. I talk to my wife, I say, baby, where do you wanna go eat? She say, honey, you decide. I say, all right, let's go get some Mexican. No, I want no Mexican. All right, well, tell me where you want to go. No, no, baby, you decide. All right, okay, okay. Let's go get some Chinese food. No, I don't want none of that either. What? Have a brother out. What you want? What you got a taste for? I don't got a taste for nothing. You, you decide, baby. You, hey, you pick out where you want to go. I picked it out last time. Ain't that what they always say? I picked it out last time. You ain't picked in 13 years ago. What you talking about? <laughs> All right, let's go here. Now I want to go there. What do you want? I want something healthy. All right, well, explain to me what healthy is. Because I don't want nothing healthy tonight. I've been fasting all January. God has already done a healthy work on the inside of me. I want something greasy. And so communication is so important to get what you desire accomplished done through the help 
of Jesus Christ. If you can have your love rooted and grounded in faith, I'm telling you, it will help so many things go over a lot smoother. The third thing, real love expects the best. Real love expects the best. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse seven. The C portion of this scripture, the GW translation says, love never stops hoping. Some of you have kids in here that you've been praying for. Love never stops hoping. Some of you have coworkers that you've been believing God for. Love never stops hoping. Some of you have been coming to church by yourself praying for your spouse. Love never stops hoping. Love never stops hoping. Woman asked me one time, Pastor, how can I get my husband to come to church? I've been praying. I've been telling him, come with me to church. 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 I said, don't, don't tell him to come with you to church. She looked shocked. Like, what? I said, don't invite him to church no more until you love on that man. Because right now, he's just looking at the rules and the regulations. You're trying to set in order to change his life. I said, you love that man. You cook for that man. I told that brother, hey man, you gotta take them dirty socks off. Wear some of them fruity balloons. Put some on other than a V-neck t-shirt. You love on her. And over time, they'll see the difference in you and they'll wanna know why you change. And I just wanna encourage you in here today, if you got a kid that has not been with you to church, just love on them. I pray for parents all the time here. They're, they're telling me, Pastor, my, my kids have not been to church. I've been praying for them. I say, you keep loving on them. You keep encouraging them. Don't, don't hit them over the head with what they're doing wrong. And you need to come with me. And if you don't come with me, I ain't cooking for you. To, no, don't do that. Can you imagine Jesus? You don't go to the altar today. I'm not going to put breath in your lungs tomorrow. Try. Try waking up tomorrow without me. He don't do that. So there's grace, there's new mercy. Love your kids, tell them I love you. Send them a text, call them, go see them. Hey, I was thinking about you today, I just want you to know I love you. Do something nice. You wanna reach your children, love on them because they're looking for that. They're in search for that. And you gotta love your kids back to the Lord. That's how Jesus got you. He saw everything you was doing wrong. He saw every mess up. He saw every hang up. He saw every hiccup. He didn't remind you of all the wrong you did. He told you, you can come back to me and I still love you. Isn't it amazing how the enemy knows your name, but he calls you by your sin. God knows your sin, but he calls you by your name. Can we implement that in the life of the relationships that we have and stop calling out the wrong in people, but yet instead calling out how much we love them, understanding that God loved us, knew we wouldn't make it on our own. So he sent his son Jesus for us because he understood and knew on our own and in our own power, we would not make it, but with him, all things are possible to he or she that believes. Real love expects the best. The last one is this, real love endures the worst. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse seven, the message version says, real love never looks back, 
but keeps going to the end. Now hear me, I'm not telling you to be crazy and stick in some relationship that's abusive. I'm not telling you to stick into a friendship that's, that's tearing you down. I'm not telling you to do that, but I'm telling you if you are in something, if you're in a friendship, if you're in a relationship, if you got kids and they're just driving you crazy, don't give up. Endure. Because the race is not given to the swift. It's given to the one who endures. You never know what God could do through time. And if you give up, you don't give him the time to work out of them what it is he's been working out of them all this time. Real love endures. Psalm chapter 18 is where we're gonna to close today. I look at this passage of scripture. It's a love letter to God in the middle of probably one of the most distressed moments in the author's life, Psalm chapter 18, verse one, it says, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress. He is my deliverer. My God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. He's reminding himself of who God is. He says, I call upon the name of the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. The cords of death encompassed me. The torrents of destruction assailed me. The cords of shoal entangled me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord to my God. I cried for help from his temple. He heard my voice and my cry to him reached to his ears. I love the way that it starts off, though. It reminds God who he is to him, and he reminds himself who God is to him as well. He says, I love you, O Lord. And sometimes when you don't feel at your best, when you don't feel at your greatest, you have to remind God, God, I love you. I trust you. I'm with you. And I'm so grateful that you love me and you're with me too. In James, he says, when I am faithless, God, you remain faithful. Can our love be the same way that we see the reflection of love translated through the Bible and through God in our lives? That's my prayer for us today. Love stronger, love longer, love deeper, love harder. And if we can communicate to each other, not how we feel, we got enough opinions going around, y'all. Everybody got an opinion. We don't need people's opinion. We need the love of Jesus Christ. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.